Hello and welcome to the IDH Sustainable Trade Podcast. My name is Keba Koli and I am the Director of Inclusive Business at IDH, responsible for developing and working in our value chain program. Today, we are going to talk about our GSA partnership with Nestle to support develop their African supplier base for the African market, increasing the intra-Africa trade and creating permanent jobs. We have invited Fatih Ermis, who is head of agriculture services at Nestle, West and Central Africa. We have also invited Kwame Boateng, who is a supplier of Nestle. He is the CEO of Sahel Grains in Ghana. We will be talking to Fatih and to Kwame about the GSA partnership, what GSA partnership means to them, what value it will bring to their businesses, and how GSA is supporting Nestle to develop their African supply chain. So starting from the background, if you look at the agriculture sector and its performance in Africa in comparison to the South America uh, and Asia, you would see absolutely that a continent of Africa which employs 60 to 70 percent of its workforce, all in the agriculture space. The contribution we as Africans contribute to the country's individual country's GDP per capita is very, very low you will see the South Americans' contribution is six times more than what, they con- what the Africans contribute. And if you look uh, at the statistics in, in general, companies like Nestle, they are operating in Africa and they do uh, have a lot of sales in Africa into the billions and have been working consistently the past years to actually improve um, they're sourcing in Africa, but most of the time the problem is always finding a supplier with the right quality, the right price, the right volumes, compliance, the food safety, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Always been a problem, and that's why you will see a lot of companies would continue to do business in Africa, um, but also uh, will import from Europe, from Asia and South America for the ingredients they need to produce for the African markets. At the same time, we know $15 billion worth of raw materials for food and beverage are imported into Sub-Saharan Africa annually. At the same time, Sub-Saharan Africa, we have 40 to 60% of arable land all in sub-Saharan Africa. So with massive land that we have available, we still import billions and billions of dollars in food. This is, of course, a problem in terms of cost of transport, forex, risk, and and, and, um, high cost of food in Africa, and sometimes leads to food insecurity. So for us within IDH, we thought this would be a good opportunity for us to develop uh, grown sustainably in Africa, which has 
basically link directly to the IDH value chain development work in which we have the target and the aim and intention to globalize local companies but also perhaps the intention to go beyond Ghana uh, to regional markets and the intra-Africa trade and beyond Africa to reach global markets. This is of course focused on commercialization, professionalizing operations, market outreach and finance, provision of affordable finance. On the other hand, we have the global brands like Nestle with the interest to increase their market share in Africa, meaning to sell more produced, more products in Africa with most of the ingredients is coming from Africa. So here we call them localized global companies in Africa. By localizing global companies in Africa means to support them to develop their supply base value addition and processing across the continent. And this is done through building supportive ecosystems. And the supportive ecosystems is anything from the finance, financial solutions to policy, service provision, fintech, and to facilitate input provision, developing market, etc. So this is basically what our value chain development work of which GSA, Grown Sustainably in Africa, derives from. In September, October of last year, IDH and Nestle got into discussions on developing and forwarding and working further into the cooperation that we have. Initially, Nestle and uh, IDH working in the cassava sector in Nigeria for cassava starches to improve production quality and the volumes for Nestle. So we're expanding the partnership in the cassava to include grains from Ghana, uh, anything from maize, rice, millet, but also in Nigeria, Ivory Coast. So in a nutshell, we're speaking of Nestle West and Central Africa operations, of which Fati is the head of Ag agriculture services. For today, this uh, podcast is basically to talk through this partnership, uh, what it means for Nestle, what it means for you, Sahel Grains, and of course, what it means for IDH in our work to support agriculture transformation in Africa. First, uh, we will be speaking to Fatih Hermes, Head of Agriculture Services for Nestle Central and West Africa region. He's responsible for local supplier development, farmer capacity building, and climate smart agriculture activities to ensure supply to the Nestle factories in the region. After speaking to Fatih, we will be speaking to Kwame Boateng. Kwame Boateng is the founder and CEO of Sahel Grains in Ghana. First, Fatih, welcome to the IDH podcast. Thank you very much, Keba. It's a great pleasure to be here today. Wonderful to have you on. My first question to you is, what is Nest, why is Nestle excited about partnering up with IDHGSA program? And specifically, how will this partnership affect your sourcing strategy in 
West Africa and Central Africa. Uh, thank you, Kelva, again. Uh, I'm really so excited about this partnership because IDH is a private sector organization that delivers sustainable jobs and uh, empowering youth and women through agricultural transformation, innovation, and uh, entrepreneurship. This collaboration between Nestle and IDH in line with Nestle creating shared value approach of doing business, that means that we believe our activities and products should make a positive difference to society while contributing to Nestle ongoing success. The Growth Sustainable Africa Partnership helped us to contribute to make thriving and resilient communities in the countries that we work. It seeks to encourage and develop both SMEs and farmers to become successful businesses that can meet both international and local raw material quality requirements. Actually, our engagement, my personal engagement with IDH started a few years back at Nigeria for cassava development activities. I found that IDH is a business and trade-oriented organization with very professional people. I met with uh, Mr. Jos in Agra 2019. Uh, we shared the panel how to develop African suppliers. I realized that Nestle and Siwar uh, Nessar and IDH has very similar objective towards African supply developments. You know, on that panel, we talk about uh, the, the African supply development, the challenges and opportunities. So this makes huge sense to work together, the organization who has same objective as yours. Fascinating, uh, Fatih. My next question is, why is it one of Nestle's main objective to increase local sourcing in Africa? How is that bringing value to a business in general? This is in line with our global ambition to improve 30 million livelihoods in communities directly connected to our business activities and our uh, Central West Africa regional vision, which is to be recognized for enhancing quality of life and contributing the healthier future in, uh, in Central and West Africa, be providing affordable and accessible nutrition. Increasing local sourcing from 60 to 72%, Africa is one of Nestle key objectives in Central and West for 2022. This is also in line with our creating shared value approach. On the community side, it's a way of investing significant resources in local farmers, SMEs, and local economy. We are also providing them with precious uh, technical know-how and hand-holding that give to the local farmers and SMEs to become world-class suppliers. It's important to state that one of our suppliers in Ghana recently exporting maize to the UK, which passed to all consignment analysis. This is also good for Nestle because it reduces our business risk, such as those related to importation. And how does it bring value to your partners the ones you work with, um, the small, medium-sized companies, SMEs, as well as the related companies such as input providers. What value is this bringing to them? I think, thank you for this very interesting question. Uh, you know, all partnership, but particularly this partnership, this uh, bring value to our current suppliers and potential suppliers as well. First of all, Supplier technical and uh, staff capacity will increase to serve high demand of multinational companies via improving their process and quality of raw material. While supplier investing on quality and capacity, 
they need additional manpower to use new equipments and do the testing in-house. Another side, traceability is key for Nestle raw material since it's required backward integration from suppliers to farmers and strong relationship to provide high quality input and services where farmers are getting to maximum benefit. Nestle relationships see its suppliers as a business partners. This means we think long-term, which help us to design our strategy long-term, which give confidence to suppliers to invest and improve further. We grow together with our suppliers. We give technical support to SMEs on good manufacturing practices, good laboratory practices, and safety and environment-related capacity building training to implement necessary responsible sourcing guidelines. Wow. I was reflecting around your response and thinking, what does the GSA partnership with IDH, how does it help you do your business in Africa, improve local sourcing in Africa, what, what you couldn't have done yourself? Why, why is this partnership important to you? Um, taking um, into consideration like de-risking, supporting um, to develop SMEs and farmers to secure quality and quantity that uh, you will need to supply uh, your factory. Actually, since 2015, the Nestle sales plan, cocoa plan, and cassava plan, as I mentioned at the beginning where we started with IDH, have been working with various partners to improve on farmers and supplier capacities to ensure supply. What this particularly growth sustainable Africa partnership with IDH, we aim to do differently is scale and reach. The partnership will deliver scale in terms of beneficiaries and impact and will also target several countries and value chains. This will be a single umbrella covering all aspects of capacity building for all agro-raw material supply in Central and West Africa. So what specifically we are going to do? We are going to train and demonstrate modern farming techniques to enhance the productivity and improve raw material quality at the farmer level. The second pillar will be the empower African SMEs through technical assistance on good manufacturing practices to become reliable, sustainable, and competitive supplies for domestic, intra-African, and global market as well. The, the, another objective is we are going to improve livelihoods of smallholder farmers and rural populations. Particularly, our target will be the women and youth by creating employment opportunities and reducing food insecurity. We are very confident that this partnership with IDH will help us deliver on our vision of providing accessible and affordable nutrition a reality for all in Central and West Africa. IDH can be play a role in pre-competitive environment to become advocate of the certain agricultural and food sector to create bridge between private sector player and the government organization to overcome some sectoral challenges. For example, IDH was advocating high quality cassava flower specification change improvement in Nigeria, where also third player and cassava farmers can benefit from the specification change. Overall, Nestle and IDH are contributing to building sustainable food system in Africa. This is very interesting uh, response, Fatih. 
after reflecting on the years to come, say 10 years from now, what do you think companies like yourself will be doing? How will your local sourcing or your sourcing in general look like in the next, next uh, 10 years? I think, you know, the world is changing. Uh, the way of business is changing. Uh, if, we, if we look at specifically where we are operating in Africa, increasing number of people in the region are suffering from the double burden of malnutrition with health problems arising from overnutrition, such as obesity, and from undernutrition, such as deficiency in vitamins and minerals. As a result, consumers are increasingly looking for convenient yet affordable nutritious foods that are manufactured in hygiene condition. People in Africa are becoming more aware of nutritional aspects as well as health risk. This will result in higher standards in the fast-moving consumer goods segments. Players that incorporate nutritional improvements into their products will be in a better position and will complement efforts that are being made by governments to improve standards of living. Agriculture is a key sector to develop in the region and it has become a priority for many governments in West Africa. The main challenge facing business using locally sourced raw material is the availability of quality products and exodus of farms to urban areas. If governments increase local sourcing, economies will be less vulnerable to currency fluctuations and supply times will be shortened. The empowerment of rural development and farmers is essential in the future. Successful companies will support the development of communities along with business, as both suppliers and consumers are important. Sustainability and training practices, whether in technical, environmental, or even financial aspects, will be benefit from the private sector participation across crops such as coffee, cocoa, grains, cassava, which makes both business and social sense. There are many similar similar initiatives aimed at reinforcing the collaboration between the private sector and rural communities on the field. There is also a wide range of NGO is working across the agricultural supply chain with the aim of ensuring that fair trade and labor practices are implemented and sustained in the region. This is an interesting uh, answer, uh, Fatih. Thank you so much for going into this. I want to, to touch base on a, another question. For instance, what lessons, learnings do you as a multinational uh, uh, brand like Nestle, what learnings would you have to share with companies that are looking to increase their local sourcing in Africa? Uh, thank you, Kevin. Again, I think it's 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 a very interesting question. You know, in in our age, age of farms in Africa is about than fifty years old. To encourage the generations to come to continue farming, farmers must earn a decent living income. Investing in local food transformation is also important to boost local employment, while reducing food waste and increasing the affordability of foods and beverages. Another side, there are still infrastructure challenges, such as power, water supply, and routes through investment flows to the region are contributing to the daily improvement. Building digital infrastructure is also key, as it can help all along the value chain from building capacity of farmers to increasing traceability and improving trade. 
industrial infrastructure should be a priority as well to encourage the packaging industry, which also holds a wide range of opportunities. This segment is of vital importance for agro-industry and has already raised significant interest from international players. How quickly the infrastructure bottleneck is solved will determine the pace of agro-industrial development in the region. Thank you, Fatih. That was uh, Fatih Hermes of Nestle Central and West Africa. Next, we will be speaking to Kwame Boateng, CEO and founder of Sahel Grains in Ghana. Sahel Grains in Ghana is part of the GSA project. Together with Nestle, we will be working with Sahel Grains going forward. I'm pleased to welcome uh, Kwame Boateng. Hi, hi. Uh, thanks, Keba. Thanks for having me. I was listening to your conversation with uh, uh, Fatih from uh, Nestle CY office. And, you know, um, I, it was kind of exciting when he talked about uh, some of the impacts that you know, Nestle has on the food systems in the, uh, I mean, in the countries that they operate in, right? And I can tell you that our, I mean, our uh, supply relationship with, uh, I mean, with Nestle has been very, very uh, instrumental to our vision of uh, providing African foods uh, in a way that is consistent with, you know, world-class food safety standards, right? I'm originally from Ghana, um, based in Ghana now. I left for the U.S. after high school. Uh, I studied electrical engineering at the University of Washington in Seattle. I worked with IBM as an engineer uh, for four years, and I went to business school uh, at the Penn Wharton School, and then I did some consulting after that. So uh, I was looking at coming back home to build and raise a family. And when I looked, you know, um, agriculture, food, uh, is, you know, is big within our macroeconomy. Uh, you know, food is uh, two-thirds of household consumption, which is actually two-thirds of the overall GDP, right? So uh, one out of every $3 that we spend in this country is spent on food. So that got me excited. I said, okay, look, I want to play some role in this sector. And then I looked into the food space, and you see that 10% of our calories comes from uh, uh, maize, right? So that is the most significant source of our calories. And I said, look, look uh, if you look at it with all the challenges that we are facing with our phytoxin, with quality and so on, I think that, you know, in the long term, that is, you know, if you want to make impact, if you want to build a significant enterprise, that's probably uh, the place to look at. So, uh, we, you know, we devoted our attention to it. And then, you know, we've been going from strength to strength over the past 10 years that we've been around. This is so interesting, Kwame, living in the U.S. and then um, deciding for yourself that you needed to go home, you needed to go back to Ghana to basically set up a company that will not only benefit you, but will also benefit the Ghanaian food uh, security. And specifically looking at focusing on the traditional food with the highest quality in comparison to any international standard. This is so interesting. So from an IDH um, point of view, one of our main objectives as an organization uh, working on business development, we focus on establishing, supporting companies like yourself and, and, and farmers to establish a sustainable, inclusive, and economically viable supply chain. Basically what that means is to support a company like yours to become a producer with possibilities to access affordable finance, uh, to expand and scale business 
how's your current business operations look like? Um, look, looking at number of smallholder farmers that, that you, you work with, looking at the crop, how many crops are you producing? And which market are you, are you selling this to, apart from Nestle? Good question, right? So uh, because of our relentless focus on quality and the, and the difficulties and the challenges of, you know, of grains in the open market, you, know, uh, you can go to the open market, aflatoxin uh, levels about between 100 to 200 parts per billion, which is you know, 10 to 20x uh, the recommended levels, right? You know, uh, and you and I know that to actually you know, get good quality, you have to start from the farm level. And our farmers, for the most part, don't have incentives to focus on quality like, you know, you would actually expect them to because, you know, I mean, there are no quality premiums and so on. So that forced us into complete vertical integration, right? We did it out of necessity um, because we didn't want to compromise on our downstream quality, right? Sahel grains now, you know, you know uh, I, I talk about what we do uh, from, you know, uh, uh, the three parts of our value chain. So the upstream is where we work with uh, smallholder farmers. We have about 5,000 of them now. Uh, and we are very engaged from land preparation through to harvesting. Right? Uh, so, you know, we have tractors, we have, you know, uh, planters, we have, you know, a very full spectrum uh, mechanization uh, stuff that we do with them. And then we also provide them with market access. They are not required to sell to us, but because we offer premium pricing, because we engage with them more comprehensively, uh, many of them find it attractive to actually sell to us. So sourcing. That is the way we solve our grain quality problem upstream, you know, at the farm gate. And then we move midstream, where we bring the grains to our factory, where, you know, we have a complete, highly capable uh, grain sorting equipment, you know, you know S-screen cleaners, color sorters, density separators, and so on, right? So we take it through all of that. Uh, and then, uh, and obviously, uh, Nestle is a customer uh, uh, midstream um, value chain product. So we get products out of that, and, you know, and we sell to companies like Nestle. It is kind of interesting that, you know, I mean, one of the things that happened because of this COVID-19 is uh, there's a company in the UK that we've been having discussions with, you know, they use white corn to make, I mean, to process in the UK. I mean, it normally was, you know, sourcing, I think, from southern Italy. And, you know, because of the virus situation there, uh, that supply was a big cut. So they had to look elsewhere. And, you know, and they said, look, Salibans, uh, can you bring uh, some maize over to us? And then, you know, we sent it there. It was, it passed through all the UK, you know, um, yeah, safety requirements, and it was accepted. I think, uh, so that was our first full container shipment of, uh, I mean, of maize too. And we're able to do that because of our experience right, working with Nestle, right? Because the Nestle standards is uh, actually much more stricter compared to uh, the overall other standards, right? So, you, you know, we're very, you know, comfortable in doing that, right? So getting back to this GSA partnership, we are very much uh, excited about deepening that kind of, I mean, that aspect of our work expanding it, right? Because I think the UK imports about 2.8 million metric tons uh, of maize annually, if I'm not, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I saw that data somewhere. And that is an immensely attractive market opportunity, not just for Sahel grains, but for, you know, Ghana and Africa generally, because you have a lot of arable land. I mean, that is significantly underperforming, right? So if you look at our yields for grains, for example, we are about, you know, less than two metric tons per hectare, which is, you know, about 80% below what you can typically get, right? So without actually farming extra land, we mm. can increase the productivity. You know, I mean, right now we're making about two, I mean, we are producing about two million metric tons of maize here in Ghana. We can go to about six, seven, eight million metric tons easily just by, you know, improving the productivity of our farmers. And we're also hoping that the, you know, this engagement with GSA can, I mean, can actually help with that. Uh, we did an, an analysis of a typical crop budget of our farmers. 
and we right. compare it to, to the typical crop budget of an American farm, for example, right? And it's kind of right. interesting that if you compare a typical Ghanaian farmer on a per acre basis, they will spend about $196 per acre. You look at an American farmer, they were about 2x that, you know, actually about 2.4x that, $438 per acre. And a Ghanaian farmer, out of the $196 per acre that I was spending, 4% of it was only, only 4% was devoted to seeds, which is one of the most crucial things you need to improve yields. Only 4%. Yeah. You look at an American farmer, they spend about 23% of their crop budget on seeds, right? So uh, one of the things we're looking at is, look, how do we get the best world-class seeds for our farmers so that we can get our yields up, we can get their productivity up, right? So that is also an important part of this uh, GSC work that we also, you know, be able to take a look at because we can only prosper when our farmers prosper. We can't send sub-quality maize to, the, to Nestle. I mean, Fatih will be the first to reject it, right? We can't send it to Europe. They will reject it, right? And it is actually not good for us, not good for anyone to be feeding our country. I mean, with maize, that is, uh, uh, you know, very high in aflatoxins, right? So uh, Nestle is doing more than what, you know, uh, I mean, Nestle is more than a food producing company here. They are setting standards. They are telling the rest of the country, this thing is doable. This thing is achievable, right? And I think they need to be commended. It is much, much, I mean, you know, so, so, I mean, the relationship we have with them goes beyond business, right? Uh, I'll tell you a story. Uh, right uh, around December of last year, we had, you know, uh, we're having problems uh, with aflatoxin. Uh, Fatih and, you know, his team and I, we got on, on a call. And the next day, one of Fatih's uh, 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 staff was on a plane straight to our, you know, zone of influence where, I mean, in northern Ghana, working with us, working with our farmers to identify the source of it. This relationship, uh, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's actually been, you know, uh, very, very core, cool, and we are hoping to build on that, expand on that from this GSM. One interesting aspect you mentioned is the market component. My question in, in regards to the market uh, in this case is, what is your prospect in terms of increase in the regional and the intra-Africa trade? We know the African Union last year set up this um, free uh, continental uh, trade initiative that will see African countries trading with, with each other with, with, with no tariffs or low tariffs. And how do you see this playing out in terms of building your business to an empire? Sure. So actually, that is a very exciting thing. It's a great question from you. When people ask me, are you more interested in uh, selling to Europe or selling to other African countries? And I have to be honest, uh, it depends on the product, right? So for our midstream value chain, like real corn, I want to export that to uh, Europe, right? I want to export that because, I mean, they need it. We have it. We sell to them, right? You know, we want to make sure our farmers can produce that. Now, but when we downstream where we have our, our fermented corn product, the market opportunity in subs, you know, I mean, at a regional level, is actually very, very huge, right? You look at Ghana, about 30 million. You look at Cote d'Ivoire, you know, roughly about the same number. Uh, you add, right, Benin, Togo, uh, Burkina Faso. And the beautiful thing is that we all have about, you know, very similar diets, right? You know, uh, corn is, is, is core to all of us. Uh, fermented corn, in, you know, I mean, it comes in, you know, very, you know, varying grades of fermentation. Fermented corn is actually uh, also um, very common to all of us, right? So if you look at that and you, and then you, I mean, you couple that with this new trade regime that they're talking about, you know, with low to no tariffs, I think that is a, a very, very good opportunity. Already we see some, you know, trading, uh, we buy, uh, most of our farmers are in Northern Ghana, right on the border with uh, uh, Burkina Faso. 
So, you know, um, a lot of our maze goes there, um, right? So we are familiar with that, but just to execute that in a more structured way, in a more formalized, structured way, where we can bank against that, we can, I mean, uh, we can have financing against that, I think it's going to be a very powerful enabler. And I think that is one of the things that, if you look at the GSA program, like the three components of it, like, you know, the technical part of it, which is actually very welcome, because as we grow, you know, you begin to, that, you know, one of the impediments to growth is, you know, having, you know, the technical skills and so on to be able to grow. And then the financial aspects, I mean, just make sure the structuring of some of these things, because, I mean, some of our banks, you know, uh, have a lot of friends working there, you know, I mean, they are good banks, but I mean, but then they are, the expertise, their knowledge in some of this uh, agricultural financing stuff is not as high. And then also on the market yeah. side, right? If you look at all these three components, technical, financial, and then the market side, together, they'll be a very powerful uh, enabler, I mean, for growth, uh, not only for Sahel grains, uh, but most importantly for our farmers and also for, I mean, like the broader regional level of uh, consumers. And I'm staying on the African continent. Um, like I mentioned earlier in my conversation with Fatih, agricultural sector is seen to be the, the, the sector with the highest opportunity to create jobs for most people uh, on the continent. With the African Union's uh, establishment of the free trade uh, region, what role would you see a company like yourself and, and many of your, your peers play in terms of creating jobs, entrepreneurship, specifically for young people and women on the African continent? When it comes to job growth, we are significantly, as you said, we are significantly underperforming uh, in Africa here, right? I try to look at things from the micro level and then I can scale it up into the macro, right? So you, took, uh, you take a look at us, for example, right? Um, you know, we are, I mean, we have tractors, we have planters and so on. Uh, we, are, we are in it out of necessity, but I, ideally I don't want it to be, I mean, I don't want to be in that, right? So that is something that we want to make sure we can offload it to entrepreneurs in their communities who want to build businesses, right? And, you know, Fatih and, I mean, uh, Nestle and Sahel Greens are doing some of that now, right? So there is some job opportunities in that way, right, where we can, you know, have people take leadership role, right, within their communities of providing last-mile services within their community, having tractors, having planters, right, Uh, those kind of basic uh, infrastructural mechanized necessities that you need to be able to make sure you can operate a modern farm, right? So that is one. And the other thing is that we have very fragmented smallholder uh, farm base, right? You know, average some, I mean, farm sizes, you know, one, two, three hectares, for example, right? Now, for a company like Sahel Greens, it makes mobilization of maize very difficult, right? So there needs to be some intermediation. Now, the intermediation role is best suited to this community entrepreneurs who know their community well. It is a big job opportunity for them. I mean, you know. Uh, uh, people can, I mean, these entrepreneurs that we're talking about, they can double their income just by providing this last mile services, right? Because when we also buy maize, we can, I mean, we buy maize from them. We, you know, we pay quality premiums from them. We help them actually acquire some assets. One of our farm, I mean, one of our aggregators who gets us maize for Nestle, you know, they need a, a, a tricycle uh, to convey the, more, uh, the corn bags from the corn to the local villages. We help them acquire that, right? Because we knew, I mean, we knew that, it, you know, like the better they did, the more they could get us products on time, right, without delays. And then I can also get them to Nestle. I can also get them to my product and get them to my factory to get our factory utilization levels up, right? So it was a mutually beneficial stuff. We want to be able to right. do more of that, right? So there's a lot, lots of opportunities there. Now, there's additional things we can do. By increasing uh, yields, for example, you can double, triple incomes. But actually, not even doing much, 
right? You just double, triple income. Now, there, I mean, there are additional things we can also do. For example, uh, if you look at the crop budget uh, that I mentioned earlier, 60% of the crop budget in Africa, I mean, in Ghana for a typical corn farm, right? It's things that you can mechanize. So, uh, you know, there's labor, uh, labor on the crop budget, like the high hands they help. It's about 34%, right? Almost everything that they have people to do, you can put a tractor to do that, right? So if you yeah. add that, you have about 60% of things that you can mechanize, right? So there's a huge opportunity there. And the local people within the communities, they are the ones who are supposed to be, I mean, who should be leading this effort, right? But then we also have to support them, right? I mean, some of them, you know, are very, very hardworking. Uh, all they want and all, you know, sometimes what they need is just, you know, a little bit of support, a little bit of push, right? We are, I mean, we are engaging them with, you know, with training, not just the agronomic uh, training, but also like leadership training, you know, problem solving, you know, uh, training, right? How to, you know, keep maintain books, make sure that you know, you know, I mean, you know, how much money you made, how much money uh, you lost, hopefully none, right? So that they can have a broader, you know, full spectrum view and then they can be able to grow because the more, uh, the more they do, then the more we can also focus on our factory. We can also focus on building a brand, building our distribution, uh, looking at exports and so on. Right. So my final two questions. Um, the, the first one is, what do you perceive as your biggest risk currently facing your business operations? And, and how do you see or what's the, 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 the strategy you want to put in place or you have in place to overcome this, this risk? When I look at this, right, I look at, okay, you know, like how do we unlock growth, right? How do we, how do we move to the next phase, right? And then I'll say, okay, look, uh, I look at each sector of our business, right? I'll take the upstream. I work with the farmers, right? So it's important that we lock in, uh, in a long-term way, uh, very uh, important relationships with, you know, world-class input, agro-input uh, providers. I'm going to play favorites and say that our farmers like pioneer seeds. So we want to make sure that we can have a very strong relationship with Cotiva. And then we have access uh, to their, I mean, to their pioneer, you know, hybrid line, right? Uh, because, you know, what we've seen from our farmers is that they're able to get about two to three X uh, yield improvement, right? So that is important. We need to make sure that we can also improve our mechanization levels because uh, it's one thing to give a farmer, you know, a pioneer seed. It's another thing when you help them mechanize the planting itself because we also, improves productivity on the land, the density of the crop is higher, it means that they can get more money for the same amount of acreage, right? So uh, we need to improve that, that uh, uh, make sure our farmers get the best world-class inputs if we want to get world-class yields, and also help them with the mechanization. So health grants cannot do the mechanization alone, we need other people to come and support us, right? So that is for the upstream. For the midstream work, we need to improve the capacities that we have if we really want to serve the international markets the way we want to, right? Right, uh, right now, we, I mean, you know, we are good enough to serve and Nestle produce our product, but then we are getting to, you know, uh, I mean, we are getting to the level where we need another, we need to migrate to the next phase of growth, right? So we need to, you know, higher capacities, put in additional capabilities, diversify our, uh, our crop base. Um, you know, we are engaging in conversations with Nestle to add millet uh, to our line, right? So we want to make sure that we're able to handle that. So all those things, we need to also make sure that we can do that. Now, the third part of our uh, strategy or the, you know, the challenge that we need to overcome is the downstream. And the downstream means that we need to build our distribution network to make sure it touches almost every neighborhood in Ghana and then beyond, right? So um, our main product line is fermented corn dough. We also have a fermented cassava dough because corn and cassava, you mix it up together, you have a very beautiful Ghanaian dish called bangkun. We do it, we distribute that in cold chains, right? And we want to maintain the cold chain because it preserves 
the natural flavor of it, right? Um, you know, if you dry it and make it powder, you lose some of the authentic flavor. So we, you know, it is extra work to go through the coaching, but we want to do that work and, you know, maintain the coaching. So we're building that. We want to expand that as aggressively as we can to all neighborhoods and make sure that our product is, you know, is everywhere. You can buy them. Right now we are, you know, I mean, all the modern trades in Ghana and Kumasi, all the big, I mean, in all the big towns and cities, right? We just want to make sure you can get to the neighborhoods. You can get into the informal markets where a lot of the businesses and transactions can go on. So, so those are the key areas that I want to make sure that we can, you know, I mean, we can grow. Now, what do you need to be able to grow, right? Number one, you, uh, you know, we, we have to improve our, you know, uh, 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 I mean, our, like the strength of our, um, I mean, of our workforce. Um, on the technical side, it is easy. Um, you know, we can, you know, get uh, most of our equipment, we get them from Europe. They can come in, they can train our guys, and, you know, we can do that. But I think uh, what we need to look more is just to make sure that we can get more leadership, right? People who can solve problems, you know, be very aggressive in execution and so on, right? And we are looking at that. Uh, we have a training program. Uh, when we started, I mean, right now our staff strength is about 50. Uh, you know, we focused a lot of hiring from our universities. We are training them. Uh, but then, you know, sometimes the development uh, takes time. And I think we need to make sure that we can, you know, we can, we can accelerate that. We can augment that with additional, you know, hiring. Uh, we, what we also need to do is make sure that, uh, you know, the financing for some of these things, uh, you know, need to happen in a way that is amenable to long-term sustainable growth, right? Uh, because if you want to build capacities and make sure you have very uh, reliable supply, um, you know, how do you actually organize that within our capital markets, right? Where, you know, interest rates are so high and so on, right? So how do you actually structure that? to make sure that, you know, uh, we have tractors, we have all these things. How do we get into a relationship with a company like Cotiva, uh, the, you know, the, the parents company for Pioneer Seeds, right? That, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, that works, right? Because you see the cash cycle for, I mean, I mean for them uh, is, 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 is a little bit more aggressive, right? Because, you know, the containers will, you know, uh, they have to ship the, uh, uh, the seeds to us. It's, I mean, you know, like the shipping, you know, duration alone is about two, I mean, like, you know, Two months, it comes here. It has to go into the, you know, into the farming communities. They have to plant it for about two, to, uh, like three to four months, right? So that whole process, you know, like, like about you know six months. Uh, I mean, from shipping to harvest, uh, another time to actually market it and sell it and get revenues and pay them. How do you, you know, how do you structure all of that, right? So uh, I think that you know we need to make sure that we can get all those things done. And I'm actually. Uh, we'll be very excited. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to uh, working with IDH on this GSA uh, to, uh, you know, I mean, to be able to think about some of these things, uh, you know, find ways that we can, you know, uh, we can grow in a way that is uh, sustainable and, you know, that is widely shared, you know, uh, you know benefits everyone. Right. So that is, I mean, that is what we're thinking about. And my final question, uh, what advice would you have to emerging suppliers smes that are looking to to produce and supply to the likes of nestle and the local and regional markets in in africa and even to european uh, u.s markets yeah so i mean we're still growing right and you know we still have our challenges so i wouldn't pretend to know everything but this this is what I, I think right you you must be very good at what you i mean what you do if you want to sell grains to Nestle, you have to make sure that you've made investments, first of all, in acquiring the knowledge, understanding, you know, whatever value chain you are in. Know it very well. You know, um, we started in 2010. We started supplying to Nestle in 2017, I think, right? So, I mean, it takes a long time, right? So you shouldn't be in a hurry 
you know, I start today, tomorrow I want to be selling to Unilever, I want to be selling to Nestle. Right? It takes time to build some of these things. I'm not saying it's going to take everybody seven years. It took us that long. Uh, you know, I was patient because, you know, this is my lifetime commitment. So I'm going to stay at it, right? Uh, but then, you know, uh, you have to make sure that you build a capability, right? And then when you're going for, uh, you know, your capabilities like equipment, you know, your staff, you know, working with them, make sure you understand it, you invest in their skills, you invest in their development, right? Because once you have good products, it works out, you know, good products at a good price. If you're able to achieve that, you know, I think you've, you know, you've solved, I mean, you've gone, you know, more than halfway. And I think the rest probably, will, you know, I mean, we'll make a few mistakes. You learn from them along the way. And then uh, you probably, uh, you know, grow, grow and, you know, keep growing. So, you know, have patience, master your value chain, make sure you understand it, have, uh, master it, right? Make, make the right and key investments, right? Uh, uh, when, you know, one thing that we do as a Grains is that we buy world-class equipment. Uh, we make sure that we understand it. Like, you know, if there is, uh, if I'm going to buy anything, the question of like, what would give me the best quality? I don't ask what is the best price. I ask what's going to give me the best quality. And then I go and I negotiate very strongly with the, you know, with the company, right? You know, right. But then the quality is, you know, should be the, you know, I mean, the overarching uh, factor here, right? Because I don't think that Nestle with their global supply chain, you know, they're going to buy maize that is not good and, you know, you know, destroy their brand. They, I mean, don't take that chance, right? So you really have to make sure that you are aligned with them. Um, and, you know, once you're aligned, and I think, uh, 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 I mean, you know, things will begin to fall in place. Fascinating conversations, uh, Kwame. I really love one sentence that you just mentioned. Your first target should be producing the best quality. What will give me the best quality? Whatever you invest, when you invest, whatever you look at, your target, your focus should be what would give me the best quality. Then negotiate the price. I love that sentence. This is excellent. Thank you so much, uh, Kwame. All right. Thanks, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. These are very fascinating conversations I just had with Fatih Hermes of Nestle uh, and uh, Kwame Boateng of Sahel Grains in Ghana. What interested me most in, in my conversation with Fatih when he basically reiterated the importance of increasing their sourcing in Africa. If you look at the the, the current unprecedented situation of the COVID-19, um, the African supply chain have not been disrupted. This is, um, of course, very interesting for, for Nestle, but for all of us to take note, the importance of developing local supply chains. And of course, um, Fatih also is saying, uh, when Nestle grows, their suppliers grow. My conversation with Fame equally Fascinating, very, very interesting from a supplier, uh, a small business component and perspective. What Kwame made very, very clear to us is this is a business that requires patience. You have to be patient. You have to know your supply chain. You have to work with and in partnership with uh, stakeholders in your supply chain. This is from the financial institutions to input suppliers who are able to supply you with the highest quality seeds 
fertilizers, and of course, uh, most importantly, you should not look at this business as a, as a short-term um, business. It's a long and a long-term business where you have to have patience. You have to understand your 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 business. You have to understand what you're doing. From my own point of view, looking at the conversation uh, I had with Fatih and uh, Kwame, GSA grown sustainably in Africa, the, the initiative we have here with IDH, I just see the importance and the crucial role and instrumental role that it has to play in the African continent. We have so many international brands that are looking to work in Africa, looking to gain market access in Africa. The more we work with them and work with our African SMEs to create sustainable, inclusive, and economically viable supply chains, the better it will be for um, the SMEs, for the farmers, for the African agriculture sector from a transformational point of view. And most importantly, creating jobs, um, supporting entrepreneurship in the agriculture sector, mechanization from IDH point of view, we are very, very interested um, and looking still to work with companies, global companies, African companies, to support grow SMEs in Africa, to support grow the African agriculture sector and to strengthen all the work that is happening at a macro and a micro level from the countries, individual countries, and all the way to the African Union perspective. Partnering with um, financial institutions, providing affordable finance, supporting um, the technical aspect to develop internal capabilities of the African companies. And finally, to provide a premium market of which people in this business are able to sell. As Kwame said, ask yourself what input, what investment do I have to put in place to get me the best quality of my product? Do not start with the price in mind. Always start with producing with the best quality in mind. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to other IDH podcasts, follow our channel, IDH Podcast, via iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can sign up to our IDH newsletter via IDH website, idhtrade.org, to always receive the latest news and podcasts in your inbox.